this is Voyager Time. The only thing we have to fear is your empathy, not your sass. I'm Andrew, and with me today is... Sarah. Ben. Nathan. Today we're talking about Voyager Season 2, Episode 23, The Thaw. The crew finds aliens mentally connected to a computer that has created a being that feeds on their fear. The Voyager has fired 11 of its 38 photon torpedoes, and there is evidence that Neelix can read. Why are we still tracking that? We, we didn't track that last episode either. Well, it's in my notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it says it on the teleprompter. <laughs> Do you think if Neelix went into this machine, he would have just been like, had a, like a big book in front of him? <laughs> <laughs> he can read, but at like a, you know, kindergarten level. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. This episode, I really enjoyed this episode. I did too. Off the walls. I think <laughs> this is my favorite episode of Voyager so far. Yeah, it was. Very good is the thing. <laughs> it it combined a lot of things that they have done well in a single episode and also like taking clowns. Oh yeah, they very well known for their clown work in Voyager. <laughs> uh it's but like then they oh go ahead, Nate. Well, it's like what I would have wanted out of a holodeck episode. This is what you would have mm-hmm. wanted out of a holodeck episode. Mm-hmm. Clowns and terrifying <laughs> mm. carnival mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. actually i learned that most of the actors the background actors were uh Cirque du soleil mm-hmm. oh hmm. that that tracks yep as long as we're talking about it i'm gonna lead off with the actor fact right at the top of the episode here um the guy who plays the clown uh, is the same guy who played David St. Hubbins in Spinal Tap he's the lead singer with the long blonde hair <laughs> I haven't All seen right, that. Ah, oh, it's a classic. He's been a ton of other Christopher Guest stuff too. He was in A Mighty Wind. He was in Best in Show. Oh, okay. I mean, I've seen other movies by Christopher Guest, so I probably have seen him in something then. Yeah. Boy, these crew members are pretty nerds, aren't they? Uh, pretty nerdy. They're clarinet they're and their oboes. They're pretty nerds. <laughs> with their clarinets and their oboes. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, yeah. Speaking of, Harry, 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 come on! It opens up with Harry just playing this nice song for Paris. Just again, those two alone for this nice private concert mm-hmm. in one of their rooms. Do we? Is that Harry's room or is that Tom's room? Do we know? It's definitely Harry's. I don't think it's Tom Harry's. would be like. Yeah, come over and bring your clarinet. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> or would he? I, I mean, considering how bored he looked, I don't think he would. <laughs> now, now, did you consider uh, he told Harry to come over and bring his clarinet, wink, wink, and Harry took that very literally because he's that a could huge dork. Mm-hmm. I really like that reading. That could be why he's so annoyed. But like, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that Harry would just, or that Tom would come over with a magazine to read, just chilling in Harry's room. Mm-hmm. He is the kind of guy who would just like show up in your dorm room when you're trying to study, yeah. and like make himself at home to just hang out, and, and you're then like, just make you look at memes on your his phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. And you're like, dude, I've got I've got work to do. Can we? Is Tom Paris a meme lord? <laughs> yes. Next question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that scans. I didn't under I didn't understand why Harry had paper sheet music. <laughs> 
Like, where did he get that? Huh. And like, why would they use paper sheet music in 2340, Uh, whatever it is? It's a family heirloom. (laughs) This was my grandpapa's music. He wrote it himself. (laughs) It's, uh, It's from a real book. Okay, this but, is a joke, I guess. Only for me and anyone we know who plays jazz music. Yep. Yep. It's fu- it's funny for all that ja- the jazz musicians out there to think that real books are still paper printed in the year. What is this? 2044 or 2430 or whatever? Twenty. Mm-hmm. I think it's 23 something. 23. But I don't this remember This one's for you, jazz musicians. This one's for you. So they had that moment where they were like... Well, Carrie said something about how what's some girl has some oboe and they were going to play some song together or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Tom's like, I've been chasing her for six months, which I don't believe because. Which is mm-hmm. the first we're hearing about her. <laughs> well, yeah. And also, that's just a really long time for him to be doing that. So I just think I'm assuming that they're just claiming that they're chasing the same girl because they want to make the other one jealous. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Six months. That's like almost the half the time they've been out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I just don't believe that that is what he's doing, especially mm-hmm. considering he liked Kess for some of that time. Right. Exactly. Unless and he the, just likes Harry everyone. for the whole of that time. And Harry, right, of course. Because <laughs> his secret love is Harry. Exactly. Is Tom Paris pansexual? Is that what you're implying here? It could be. Extremely horny pansexual. I feel like that sh- <laughs> there should be there should be people like that in the future. There's people there like, people that, like now, that now, <laughs> but they should be more uh, you know visible, I guess, Open, in society. Yeah. But you know, it's a show from the '90s, so of course, that's not mm-hmm. what's actually going to be in the show. <laughs> they don't have terms for that in the '90s. Not on TV, anyway. Yeah. Right. Hey, so we're like 15 minutes into this recording and we haven't even talked about the bulk of the episode yet. Are we, are we doing the shipping? Uh, 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 shipping, shipping, shipping department. Come shipping on. department. Thank there you me. go. Well, the first like half of this recording so far was just talking about millipedes. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So there's that. Millipede God. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll see if our millipede fan cast for the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do. Uh, I have a, a great guest for that one. Andrew will <laughs> in- interview the millipede in his basement. Uh huh. <laughs> we do actually have a friend who's an expert in millipedes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Why? He has a doctorate in it. He's so a he, doctorate in millipedes? Yeah. He's we a, call him Doctor Entomologist. <laughs> he's an legs. entomologist who specializes in millipedes. I'm not even kidding. He just really loves millipedes. Ooh. Yeah. He's just. He's just a bug guy. I don't know what Please. else to say about He's him. He's a millipede guy. <laughs> Not just when, a bug guy. When we went to his uh his wedding, instead of like human oh, cake no, toppers, no, they no, had bugs. No. Oh. Millipedes? Uh I think there was like a fake millipede for him. So I have my question about the like basically hollow program that they go into. Mm-hmm. Is that supposed to look fun <laughs> at first? <laughs> <laughs> or was it supposed to be terrifying? Think so. I think it was supposed to be unsettling the whole time. Yeah. Because it did not look fun right away. No. No. But I also don't know what 
was going on in the 90s when they made this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this horrifying shit, things. People liked clowns. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clowns definitely in a downswing right now. But I think that started in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I, I do not think that, that was intended to look fun or amusing. Just alarming and creepy. Mm-hmm. I think it it worked to be really disorienting at first because you get in there and like it's creepy. But then you're wondering, like, are they playing with my expectations a little bit? And when that big towering creature with the super low yeah, voice the big, came mm-hmm. over. The big toothy guy. Yeah. Like I was my initial thought was like, oh, this guy's a friend because they're playing against type here for sure. Mm-hmm. It was a, a nice way to establish you in an uncertain way. Mm-hmm. Well, and just this whole concept of like the, you know, we, you, even like Harry kind of implied, like just thinking he was like, oh, this is like a virus or some external, you know, mm-hmm. external something affecting this. But it was like, this is a world that was born of the people who were being sustained by it, which was an interesting twist on it i guess because yeah i think in terms of yeah like the subversion of the expectations just being that like they are trapped in this prison of their own making Mm -hmm. and it's such a cool concept that the clown can only exist if the people who he has trapped exist as well Mm -hmm. this really weird uh cyclical link between them all Mm mm-hmm very codependent in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I, I really just loved that concept of like the this thing that they had envisioned as a way to like protect themselves mm-hmm. and the unintended consequences going so horribly, horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it being all powerful. It just like it turned what like a Q episode could have been. Or what, uh, like, a cute episode is and turned it into something, like, a little bit terrifying good. and good. Yes, exactly. Like, because it, 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 he was basically a scary cue within that. Yeah. Yeah. Within that world. Because I absolutely he could do anything. And so it was just like, okay, so this is what they could do if they wanted to make Q interesting. But instead, they made Q <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have only seen most... one episode with Q. Fair. You you were you were right there, <laughs> but from what I've, that, from what you've told the, me, does he get better or worse? In Voyager, it's still bad, but mm-hmm. okay. in all other appearances, it's also still annoying, but in different ways and not in as sexist right. of ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, that's a little <laughs> bit that makes sense. <laughs> um. There was a really great semi Q moment in this one when he says, I already have a cloaking device and spins around and has that purple velvet oh cloak God, on the that shoulder. That's such a Q thing, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. He looks so pleased with himself, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't really touch on it in, uh, that much on the episode, but it's sort of this crazy idea, like you're talking about, Ben, that they unintentionally created this. And there's sort of like this, uh, this theme of our own dark instincts and our own trend towards self-destruction. Like Mm. the, the idea that this, their unconscious intentions created something that tortures them is super dark and not really something they touched on in the episode. Yeah, definitely. And like, 
I think a really interesting way that they could have ended the episode. I liked the way that it ended, mm-hmm. uh, but with with Janeway going into the machine, I thought it was going to be the kind of situation where once the machine was starting, was able to like read her brain, like she just had conquered her fear of this thing. It was going to be like she had oh, conquered yeah. her fear, so she was going to be in control, mm-hmm. as opposed to the other way around. And I like. I think that would have been another interesting way to like end the episode, but it would have had less. It would have been more like dramatic and hopeful as opposed to like the dark and sad ending. I think that what they did was acknowledge that fear can be a good thing. Yeah. So I don't think it would have made sense to have her like say, I have no fear of this because it is scary. No, yeah, you're you're right that it wouldn't make sense. I I guess what what I was trying to get at more is like a instead of her not having fear, like her being in control of the fear. Right. And so by that logic, her having control in the in that world. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. her yeah. her being an equal to the clown essentially. Yeah, conquering it is not like the elimination of it. It's uh, it's bravery, right? It's accepting yeah. and, and moving forwards despite it. But then they wouldn't have gotten to have the part when the clown is like, I'm scared. And she's like, I know. And it was all ominous and spooky. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was the cool way to end the episode where it was just kind of like the, the panning back, like the switching back and forth between them and each shot of him just like slowly like fading out mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the entire the time. The lighting was so good at the end of mm-hmm. it. I like it took me a, minute, a second to realize that they were doing that. I was like, oh shit. I didn't even notice that this was happening. Yeah. I have kind of an upsetting question about this though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did they murder a sapient organism? They killed a What's, parasite. Yeah, pretty much. He, that's pretty much what he was. It was just a parasite. Because he, he can't exist without the, he can't exist without a host. So that doesn't that doesn't make him any less sapient, any less intelligent. It does make him malicious. I mean, I I think that at the expense of other people's lives, like he was basically holding them hostage, and that's not good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what other like way they could have handled it, really. I'm not, I'm not asking if they did the right thing. I'm asking, <laughs> did they murder a sapient organism? Did they do a murder? Because it kind of seems like they did a murder. I think they just... It, do you murder your computer when you turn it off? No, but I can't have a conversation with my computer. Yeah, you yeah. can. Cortana's in there. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. No. <laughs> I mean, aren't you aren't you technically right now having a conversation with your computer? No, I'm having a conversation. Do we need to get into this? I just taught a class on this. <laughs> I think. Hmm. I mean, they tried to find other ways to like keep him alive, and he was like, "No, I just actively did not choose that." And so they were mm-hmm. like, kind of did the. But I mean, and then they. What did they do, sir? What did they do after that? They turned off the computer. Mm, and was there an intelligent organism in the computer? Um, he An went or- to sleep, actually, Andrew. He went to sleep, and anytime anyone comes along and decides to lie down in one of those pods, he'll be right back alive again. Um, also, uh, there's no organism in there. 
Okay, there's no organism in the doctor either. So I mean, I, the, I know, but like doctor, doctor's a person, but he's not an organism. That's a, the, those can be different things, so especially in in terms of Star Trek. I guess it's just unclear about what he is specifically because he was part of the program that responded to the original host's fear. Yeah. But at the point Janeway was in there, all of them were gone. So was he still operating based off of like what they feared? Like, is that still part of who he is since they're not in the, like they're not in the system anymore. I don't know. It's just, there's too much gray area for me to land on a, Mm -hmm. on an actual answer because Right, like, did they turn off the computer, or did they just disconnect everyone mm-hmm. and make it so that right he couldn't continue to exist because he had nothing to feed off of? Because it's the difference of, was he only existing in their brain, like, or was he truly a sentient being? I think he was more like an echo of them that looked like it was sentient because it had been 19 years or whatever. Mm. I do not think it matters from where the intelligence arises. If you end an intelligence, that's murder. But was he he an intelligence is the question, or was he operating off of the host's intelligence? What's the difference? One is it. It's could you tell? If you can't tell, I don't think it matters. That's the, that's the old Turing test, right? If a computer can effectively pretend to be human, is it like is it intelligent enough that you then have to start thinking of it that way? You pass the Turing test if you're a computer that can convince someone that you're conversing like a human. I mean, he killed like four people. So I'm not asking if it was justified or not. I'm just asking if they did it. I mean, yeah, the answer is yes. They killed they can killed an intelligent thing. How many times does that happen in Star Trek? Frequently. I'm still not convinced he died, though, because I think he's my point being is if he exists in the part as part of the host's brain, if that's where the sentience lies when they unplug, is he just. For lack of a better word, reabsorbed into their like into their consciousness, or is he truly self-sustaining and relying on them as a power source i i think he i think we can sufficiently say that he is self-sustaining and relying on them as a power source uh just because he didn't change depending on who was around he just had more knowledge and more more essentially power whereas once they were removed he was just gone uh i think it's more of like since there's no brain waves to quote-unquote power him he's now just in the same state the doctor is when the doctor's asleep. That kind of situation. Right. It's an interesting point. It's kind of like if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one around to hear it, does it make a sound? So I guess my question would be if they plugged someone back in, would he retain all of the same memories and information as when? My guess is yes, because I assume everything that was, that the computer had obviously this is all assumptions since we don't have mm-hmm. <laughs> anything else to go off of besides what was in the episode. But 
my assumption would be that all of that information is just stored on the computer now. Like that program is there and it just needs to be powered again. And then it'll resume from where it was. But the program was built based off of the people who were plugged into it. So would it just start completely over with a new person? I yeah, don't that's what I don't know. I don't I I don't think so just because like I said they didn't he he didn't change as people like came in and out. Well right, like, but the as people he who people. he built off of were there the whole time too. But when it was only the like when it was only Janeway's brain powering it even though she wasn't fully in there like the only thing that changed was now he was having to like face his mortal quote unquote mortality. So like I, he, he didn't, I don't think it, it, he changed any, I think it was the same thing. It was just like, now he's scared because they've got a stronger hand. Maybe, but he also could have just been operating off of Janeway's memory of this whole scenario. Mm-hmm. But she never actually went in, so she wouldn't have a memory. She heard about it from Balana talking to them about it. Fair. I don't know. Does it matter? No. She could clearly have a conversation with it with feelings, and then, yeah, they ended it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he deserved it, is my opinion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> he well, killed a lot of people and was trying to kill more people and hold them hostage and I don't think that's allowed so I think I am yeah kill it I think I am more in the in the same boat as you guys I just I'm kind of playing devil's advocate and just kind of working through my understanding of the um, mechanics I guess but I do think like when it comes down to it that Yes, you are. You are right. They did a murder. <laughs> hey, so how did Harry wander away and accidentally see a surgery when he was a child? And why were they operating on a kid without any anesthetic or anything? <laughs> so all very good questions. I, yeah, very confusing yeah. memory. <laughs> My guess is that he saw a scary movie and remembers it as oh a real experience. <laughs> He that totally did. You're 100% right. Yep. Because there's no scenario that would have happened. <laughs> that, yeah, that 100%. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's actually, that's interesting because that would mean that uh, the, um, uh, the clown only has access to your perception of the memory, not the mm-hmm. objective memory itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're a kid, like any perceived fear, real or not, it, it it is perceived as reality when yeah, you read that. Right. Yeah. Cause he said he was what, like five or something like that. Yeah. You think Harry Kim's parents are big horror buffs? I mean, based on this logic. Yeah. Appa- apparently he saw a Just movie they were pay- watching. It was very scary. It's the classic of the kid watching from the stairway. Yeah. I think my favorite part of this episode was the doctor's surprise appearance. Yeah, I got oh so excited. I that was like, they should have so done incredible. that to start. That should have been the first thing they did instead of sending right, people like, why in did there. They... <laughs> <laughs> hey, know, doctor, like, we need to go. You're not busy, or well, I mean, maybe you're busy, but you like going on special things that aren't just sick bay related. So here, 
Let's because plug you into this computer. They literally, at the beginning of the episode, like, this is the only way we'll be able to communicate with them in there. And uh-huh. then, like, halfway through the episode, like, oh, no, we'll just send a doctor. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. I thought about this. I thought about this. And the, the answer I came up with was that you don't want to put your vessel's only medical officer in any sort of harm's way without knowing exactly what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, if they if they wire him up to that, who knows if the clown could like get into the system and permanently kill the doctor or whatever. That's okay. Fair. That's fair. Then why didn't they do the thing that they do with Janeway at the end at the beginning? Could they? I don't know if they knew what was going on yet. I mean, but if you want to have some logic. backups and like safety protocols in place for something like this, and just as a precaution, just in case. Maybe you should send a hologram version of yourself in there that you can control. The clown protocol. The clown. <laughs> I mean, they should have that in place now. That should definitely uh, be they something that they do from for future yeah, they, reference. Yeah. I I think that they didn't necessarily know exactly what was going to happen, like what was going on inside. They didn't have the nothing gave them the idea that they should connect a hologram version until they were in the situation where it that became, I guess, yeah, the obvious solution. But I mean. The thing for me, and this is just a thing that really kind of applies to Star Trek and a lot of sci-fi just in general, where everyone just like gung-ho goes for it without thinking about anything. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about, you found these people who were supposed to wake up four years ago. For some reason, they didn't because something went wrong in the hollow program that they're living inside of. And then you just send your people in there with no backup, no protection at all. Right, Seems we dumb. found these guys who have been here this way for four years longer than they should have been. Right, There's two and of them a dead. A couple of them that are what? dead. Yes, yeah, something happened, <laughs> and two of them died somehow. We don't know how that Send happened. Them on in. But let's Send just take them, them out in. and plug ourselves into those ones that get the what the dead ones. How do they know <laughs> they that the ones that died didn't get fried by the connection <laughs> in the pot or whatever? Yeah, some mal- mechanical malfunction. Right. I'm just saying they should just be more careful. <laughs> <laughs> they yep. shouldn't send their bridge crew either well right. That, right send in some stupid low well they did send in an ensign let's send in towel uh, guy <laughs> send in towel guy <laughs> no Valana needs him, him alive clown. <laughs> it's her love the love of her life <laughs> towel guy <laughs> what uh, do you think towel guy's name is Jared T Owen uh, <laughs> Lagrasse. You guys are bad at this. Uh, I said Jared. Jared is a bad one. <laughs> Damn, that's brutal. <laughs> Cut me to Apologies my core. Apologies to all oh. of our Jareds that are listening. I'm sure you're great, but just not your name. <laughs> Your name's not for Towel Guy. Your name is wonderful. It's just Towel Guy doesn't look like a Jared to me. Is is he an Anthony? Oh, uh, yes, an Anthony. I, I buy an Anthony. Yeah, and then she calls him Tony. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. T- Tony to the Towel picture. Guy. <laughs> Tony? It's old Tony Towelman. Tony Towelman. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
good. I'm glad in this very excellent episode of Voyage, we spend all our time talking about murdering clowns and towel guys. Okay, you brought up the murdering thing. (laughs) Should we talk about when that one lady said, don't be a poop? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good line. so good. So that's, I guess, a good question. Is all these other characters, were those distinct sentient beings or are they created by one individual like the clown like i think we can we can go with they were created by the clown because he was kind of the one in charge and when things were going wrong we had that one monster that was like what's going on and like pointed out to the to the clown and he was like you tricked me yeah yeah they did seem in their behavior that they all operated off of his consciousness like Mm -hmm. the all like in sync behavior that they would do at certain times and they were the like they were essentially his limbs like Mm -hmm. controlling everything in the room as he needed it to be controlled Right. Limbs. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Well, part of the environment, really, because it was mm-hmm. when Balana started, like, you know, doing whatever she was doing. She was doing what she was doing to, like, shut down the environment, and characters started to disappear, as well as, like, you mm-hmm. know, certain walls and furniture and all that. They were setting. Yeah. I got sort of, like, childlike vibes from all the other creatures, people, things walking around. <laughs> They felt like just sort of, yeah, limbs is totally the right word to describe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sub subroutines of the main clown. So like, yeah, exactly. Diverting some of his intelligence to them. So, mm-hmm. God, it was all just so creepy the entire time. I in my note, I so I took actually very little notes this time, mainly because I was just enthralled by the episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like as soon as we arrived in there, my only note was just. What is this clown hell? Yeah. <laughs> they did such a good job making it really upsetting and unsettling with the way they would all like occasionally talk in synchrony and like mm-hmm. the little background notes. Like when uh, Bolana was calling out to Harry and they were all like mocking her by repeating his name like that. That was so creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it was when there was Harry originally brought up him being a virus. They do a little virus, a virus, a <laughs> yeah. virus. And they were all like, moving in synchronous as they were saying that yeah it's just yeah a lot of that unsettling behavior and the way that the clown would just like teleport around they did a lot of good stuff with jump cuts in this to make mm. it really a, like just weird his 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 movement around was so unpredictable mm-hmm. and even like the set itself in this in the hell yeah. hellscape it was just so it, it never felt very even. Everything was just kind of like shifted a little bit or like unnaturally tall or short and like it's just so brightly colored. And so I read jarring. that the reason for that was because they did not have enough money to build the size set that they wanted. So they just built it in modular parts and then would move it around uh, mm. for every shot. Huh. So it was like one of those budgetary things I think turned out really well because you're right. It makes the whole thing so unpredictable Mm -hmm. and unsettling and weird. Mm -hmm. There are these two great moments. One where he's sitting on like a chair and it's slowly like the chair itself is slowly moving forwards towards the camera. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's this really, really subtle effect. But it's clearly not the camera zooming. It's him coming towards you. And it's like. 
that was a really creepy because there's nowhere you can go or anything you can do. Unlike a zoom, which feels like you looking closer. This was so much more him moving to you, which mm-hmm. is really creepy. Did he have some line at the end where he said Starfleet captains don't lie? I think so. Yeah, I remember no. that. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> they lie all the time. All the time. It's more like manipulating the truth, telling a different version of reality. I mean, that's not, no, because they'll be saying something <laughs> to some enemy. I mean, I'm, there's, it's happened probably in Voyager, like they're talking mm-hmm. to the Kazon. She's like, yeah, we're going to do blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, okay, cut the feed. And then they're like, okay, we're actually going to do this. And then there's some other plan that's Mm -hmm. happening. That happens all the time in every show. (laughs) So there, there was that episode where she pretended to like be a, to be a hooker walking up to a military dude, (laughs) which by the way, they should have done that in next generation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to see Picard pretend to be some type of escort. (laughs) He could pull off. Yeah. Give me I know he could. man whore Picard, please. I mean, they give they make him into some type of weird pirate in in the first <laughs> season of Picard. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious, incredible. For, for because roughly. they have all these. They that's one of the like major tropes of that show is that he likes to do his little detective holo program, and then he likes to pretend to be other people because he's you know, a Renaissance man and he has all these mm-hmm. like hobbies and mm-hmm. one of them appa- is probably acting and being He's really into up. Shakespeare because it's, it's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, they they definitely had some of that in, um, in Picard and it was pretty good. It was great. And I wish that, I wish that they could have done something more scandalous. Mm hmm. I bet you he's played a sex worker in one of his investigations in order to get close to a perp. But we didn't see it is the important thing. You know what? I bet you if we just did a search for Picard <laughs> sex worker on AO3, we could find people who have, have done that creative work for us. I'm going to assume we are going to get results. in the thousands of stories on that <laughs> one, to be honest. What is a sexy Picard outfit? Uh, <laughs> Um, I mean, if he's wearing it, (laughs) (laughs) it's not about the clothes, okay? (laughs) That said, his outfits in Picard are pretty good. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen it, so I don't even know. I'm not, I'm gonna say the first two seasons of Next Generation. Not a sexy outfit for anybody. It's all bad. When they finally get the good uniforms in the third season, that's when it gets good. He's got a cool leather jacket. He looks good. He looks like um, he looks like an old man who has been paying attention to designer fashion for a while. Wait, does hold on? I'm I'm looking at these promo images for the Picard season one. Does does Spock show up in this? Spock, no. The one from Discovery? No. Okay. There's lots of other cameos, but not Spock. It's just a handsome Vulcan. <laughs> He's a Romulan, actually. Oh. What's the difference? Am I right? Um, <laughs> Am I right? Bro? Come on. Come on. We can say it here. It's okay. No. <laughs> I can feel Sarah wanting to strangle you through the Discord call. <laughs> <laughs> They're related 
And their future is entwined. Nate, please finish third season of Discovery. We're so close. <laughs> We're so close. Ben, please start watching Discovery. <laughs> start watching. Yeah. Ooh, I found one. I found I found the sexy outfit of Picard. Uh oh. <laughs> oh wait, okay. Good. Show me. We have lots of I, pictures for chat. everyone to catch up oh, on. Oh yeah. It's him from Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a look. Uh, King Lear. Mm-hmm. Oh, King Lear. Why is he reading a newspaper? They didn't have newspapers in King Lear. Time. It could be a, you know, <laughs> modern a day menu. one. <laughs> 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 they kind of did that with Hamlet, I think. The Hamlet where he, where he's in it and and David Tennant's in it. Mm-hmm. Because that happened and is a thing that I've seen. Mm-hmm. They were like normal, like like modern day clothes. This makes sense to me. Every bit of this, like you saying that you've seen this, makes sense to me too. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And the guy from Lost. Mm-hmm. Sawyer. <laughs> no. Oh. Jack. What's his name? Diane. Walt's dad. I can't remember his yeah, name. The guy who one. screams Walt a million times. <laughs> that's what he just, yeah, that's most of his characters. <laughs> so I really like the Harry Kim old age makeup. That whole little sequence with him getting really old and then a baby. That was very well done. Mm-hmm. Felt bad for the baby. Mm-hmm. I felt bad for the, the actor baby. Because like, what do you do when you're filming something when you need a baby that's crying? Like, I mean, maybe the baby just already feels like crying and you're good. But what if it's like fine? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, if it's my daughter, just tell her she has to wait till dinner before she can eat anything else. (laughs) Unfortunately, I think this child was a little bit younger than your daughter. So, Yeah, I don't know how old it was, but it was definitely not a baby that could walk. Honestly, at that age, you can probably just take them away from mom for long enough. The separation anxiety is so strong at that point that that's probably all they did. Yeah. Well, hopefully the baby was fine. (laughs) The baby's like 25 now (laughs) (laughs) or something like that. They cry all the time. I know. I did feel bad, though. It was hard to watch that. Yeah. (laughs) It was it was a really great sequence. They did a good job, like. They could have tried to do some shitty 90s morphs to make Harry Kim like age, but they'd already done enough work establishing that the clown teleports around on those jump cuts that it worked really well here, where it's just like cut away and then cut right back. Yep. And it's Harry Kim as an old man or a baby. That kind of, it, it worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. I learned that the guy who directed this was a, a DP for a ton of Star Trek episodes, and he directed part of a Next Generation episode. But this is the first full voyager episode he directed and i felt i feel like you can really tell like he it was directed with somebody who's got a really good visual eye the way all the shots were framed and set up and everything there were a ton of these like really cool crowd shots that they did that you just don't see in star trek all that often Mm -hmm. yeah i really i I enjoyed the uh the, the the new perspective and style that this this guy brought this week we also watched adventure time season three episode 23 another way Finn is scared by clown nurses who want to heal his foot, so he seeks out the magical tears of a cyclops. 
In Season 3, Episode 24, Ghost Princess, Finn and Jake try their hand at being detectives in order to discover how Ghost Princess, voiced by Maria Bamford, died so that she can ascend into Ghost World. Ghost Princess eventually falls in love with another ghost named Clarence, voiced by Sam Marin, but it is revealed that during their mortal lives, Ghost Princess was accidentally killed by Clarence, who in his grief then died from an overconsumption of cheese. Not just any cheese, softy cheese. Softy cheese. I thought it was weird that the first Adventure Time episode had uh-huh. the same exact plot as the Voyager episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So it's just another way these things are linked up. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't. We'll have to skip the connections section because it's just it's inherently the same thing. connected. It's the it, same. It's the same. Just like the time that Harry Kim needed his toe needed crazy smooches. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I I do feel like the storyline could have been one of the things the clown on Voyager subjected those people to over the yeah. 19 years yep. they were trapped in there. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Can you imagine being called, having to call a dummy police and being called a dummy by a bush? <laughs> he had a lot of names for Finn in that part. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though oh, Finn was also uh, Finn was going a little bit crazy and kind of just <laughs> fucking just ruining people's lives yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I actually wanted to talk about that a little bit this episode kind of bothered me because I felt like it was leading with the message that sometimes doing things the your own way is not the right way to go mm-hmm. and then it's sort of like because like it was clearly setting up that if Finn had just like listened to Jake and like followed along even though he didn't necessarily want to but just because it was the right thing to do he could have spared all these people this pain and it was only just through dumb luck like in the end it sort of they just reversed all that because he got by doing it the way he was going to everything turned out fine ultimately in the end right I don't want to say that either way was correct (laughs) I don't feel comfortable (laughs) saying clown Clown toe kisses was the correct answer I do, because if he had just let his toe be kissed by a clown, then uh, he would not have also ruined the lives right. of a stump and a bush and everybody else on the way to the to the Cyclops. He would have ripped the Watch Cyclops' out, head off. Like, there's a lot of people whose lives were, were, they were harmed specifically because Finn didn't let his toe get kissed by a, a clown. Yep. I mean, Including it was Cyclops who had his eyes stolen and dragged all over. Yeah, yep. getting squirted on everyone. Wasn't it his full head? Yeah, it sure was. was. His full head. Yeah, <laughs> he he beheaded a Cyclops so that he didn't have to be kissed, have his toe kissed by a clown. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. <laughs> I do think. I did have kind of the same reaction, though, because I was like, you know, this episode is kind of the epitome of, well, you said I couldn't do it, so I'm going to fucking prove you wrong. (laughs) I'm going to slap this bush across the water. Yeah, but then in the end, it's all he was right and he learns nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's usually Adventure Time for many episodes has a pretty clear message that it's sending on this one either gets lost or is kind of non-existent. <laughs> right. I mean, I, there's a lot of episodes that we've watched that were like, 
kind of the same formula where you expect there to be some lesson that they learn and then psych there's mm-hmm. no lesson or they don't like learn the thing that you're expecting them to learn uh-huh. mm-hmm. and i think that that's just kind of what was happening in this one the only difference with this one was that it directly was impacting finn's character uh, like right. his decisions yeah. and well and the lesson of this one was it doesn't matter how much harm you do. It, it, this is totally an ends justify the means situation. Yeah. And the problem with that is oftentimes people don't see it through to the end or the ends genuinely do not justify the means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was funny though. <laughs> when he just is like screaming and running through bushes <laughs> and across rivers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just, I just struggled with it thematically. Yeah. yeah no, that's fair. Real talk, though, no hair or always smelly. Oh, man, that is a tough call. Always no smelly. hair. No hair. Yeah, I think no hair. No hair has to be the way. No mm-hmm. hair because you can just wear wigs. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. Whoa. No, we're going to play by we're going to play by Dungeons and Daddy's rule. <laughs> like your wig will immediately fall apart. OK, if it goes it's still on your head. still no hair. <laughs> OK, yeah, it's still no hair. <laughs> Ben, I need to know why you picked always smelly. I already smell all the time. No, there's no change. <laughs> ben, do we need to talk to you about the life-changing magic of showers? Motherfucker, I live in a swamp. I'm always sweating. <laughs> well, I do too half the year. I live in it all the year. Oh. <laughs> Got a reason not to come to Richmond, Virginia. Ben is secretly <laughs> Shrek, is I think what we just learned. <laughs> Get out of my swamp. <laughs> Uh, yeah ben i'm sorry the weather there it's just like orange juice it's gross (laughs) what that's that's from the episode Uh, i love orange juice andrew don't worry it's fine i don't i thought that was (laughs) which which one was that in the first or the second one i do Uh, not remember i remember the that the, that was the bush that was the oh the bush said yeah. that right right okay uh-huh. mm-hmm. during all the river traps uh-huh. okay the last thing I have to say about the first episode there's a book that one of the clown nurses has that has a date written on the back of it hmm. and it was eight thirteen twenty one and I was like Ooh. why Uh-oh. are those numbers there and what does that mean <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Do we have to celebrate? Now we, we have, have to, to worry about that. Do we have to celebrate Clown Nurse Day this year? <laughs> I think we yes. do. Uh- it was just so <laughs> random, and I was like, if it was a real like, if it wasn't animated, I'd be like, that's an accident. But it's animated, so everything is on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, hmm. These numbers are part of the famed Fibonacci sequence. A series of numbers where each number is the sum of the previous two. Okay. Um, other other thing to note, uh, August 13th this year is a Friday. <laughs> so, Spooky Clown Nurse Day. Spooky Clown Nurse Day. This is Voyager Time's the- new holiday. Like It's our candle nights. It's Clown yep. Nurse Day. Clown Nurse Day. Clown Nurse we'll Day. Yes. Clown Nurse we'll Day. I'm putting it on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> we have a special themed episode. That's our next shirt is Clown Nurse Day. Happy Clown Nurse Day. Have you given your have you given any toes many smooches today? Oh god. <laughs> <Wild>. <laughs>
Hey, I mean, that's a good socially distanced way to give affection to people at this point. Mm hmm. Just saying. Is it? It's your it's feet. It's really far it's, away from a person's mouth. Feet. Right. It's, feet. it's far away from the droplets. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I, I agree at the distance. It was the good qualifier there. Well, <laughs> it's a Did, way. Maybe. Maybe their toes need crazy smooches. It depends oh, on how boy. much you like feet, I guess. <laughs> Why do we talk about feet so much on this podcast? Feet. Why does no, the show no talk feet about in the it? Show. Ask Adventure feet. Time. Ask Pendleton Ward uh-huh. why his show has so many feet smooching in it. And butts. And butts. And, I was going to well, say. butts is. That one makes more sense. That one makes but. complete sense. Butts are funny. Feet. No hair or always smelly. <laughs> <laughs> No hair. No hair. Easy. <laughs> no, no hair when it just comes to feet. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Unfortunately, I have the opposite of bull. That's my problem. <laughs> Wait, hair so lots of smelly. hair and no smell? Oh, okay. <laughs> my daughter has the smelly problem. Her feet? What is, oh my God. She doesn't sweat out of anything but the bottom of her mm-hmm. feet. So when she gets home from daycare, her shoes, her sneakers are soaking like Virginia. wet. That's weird. Yeah, the, 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 her feet turn into Virginia. <laughs> Okay, Ghost Princess episode. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say about this one except that Ghost Princess gives me big moaning Myrtle vibes. Yeah, that yeah. tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the summary you read said that she was accidentally killed by Clarence. Yeah, it seems like it was on purpose. It yeah, it didn't seem like accidental. Like they were on two sides of a war. <laughs> She was warrior princess, and they were running at each other with swords. I think you know what I you trip. Think, the sword goes into. Them. I think it was so nobody purpose. tripped. <laughs> These things happen. I mean, he was very sad afterwards, so maybe he didn't do it on purpose. He wasn't. He definitely was not happy about having to do it. So no mm-hmm. way. I did yeah, love no. and appreciate that they had basically the most opposite deaths you could possibly have. <laughs> Hers was so heroic. I thought he was going to like throw himself to like all of the other warriors to die. And then, nope, he just, nope, sadly cried in a convenience <laughs> in, store uh-huh. eating sque- like softy cheese. I was about to say squeezy cheese, but that's not it. <laughs> no, it comes out of a vat when it's softy cheese. Uh-huh. It's really it's cheese gross. I don't under, I, I mean, I understand why Jake was like, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> I well, saw I under- it kill a person. <laughs> well and it makes so much more sense when he (laughs) says my life is a fart when you've eaten that much cheese my life is is like a fart (laughs) I love that that was what made Jake remember the tattoo Jake has the best way to like his the best way to like trigger a memory just Mm -hmm. something absurd like that he also brought back his I didn't know it was wrong excuse Uh yep which I don't know if he can. How much longer is he going to be able to use that? Who knows? Dude. I mean, after I one time, I feel like you should be, stop using it. Maybe you should know that it was. I wrong. didn't. I didn't know it was wrong. But Jake is a borderline never do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that he actually didn't know that grave looting was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, Finn did it and did, and solved the murder with it. But Finn was bad cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. we all know that bad cops steal from graves. Right. They're allowed and to that's do whatever. Okay. 
as long as they solve a mystery. This is another ends justifies the means one. Shit. But doesn't he put it back? I Does that make it better? Well, they do that in real life. You know, they, they exhume bodies to examine evidence again mm-hmm. to solve crimes. Pure, purely scientific. And they put them back after that? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, you're, you're the resident expert here. I don't know anything about exhuming bodies. Um, okay, I don't either. I just have listened to true, <laughs> true crime podcasts where they talk about how if there's, you know, that happens. Like if they're, if they're like, okay, we need to examine the body again because it was never properly, right? you know, autopsied no, or whatever. I've heard about this. Yes. I really liked the fact that so Clarence still has his name after he's dead, and he goes by Ghost Princess. And even after Clarence remembers her, he still calls her Ghost Princess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, because she's the princess of ghosts now. Well, and in real life, she was Warrior Princess. So maybe did she they, never had. Did a they name. say that? I may maybe I missed that. Yeah, she was Warrior Princess. They what, called her that? that in the flashback when she they showed how she died. It just seems like he would call her Warrior Princess again after he remembered. I mean, I agree. You would think. I don't have an answer for you, but I agree. I thought the whole time that he was like catfishing her. I thought it was going to end really badly, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It did seem that way. I mean, I'm glad that they're happy, but he doesn't seem like the best choice. Mm-mm. He did kill her and then die from cheese. Yeah, and so I mean, I feel like there's better options oh, yeah. out there in the afterlife. Yeah, just maybe. <laughs> but he was so charming. He did have a cool like antlers hat or whatever, mm-hmm. and the like earring thing. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Antlers. You are- like a bad boy with with antlers. Antlers are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sexy Picard outfit. Uh-huh. Here we go. <laughs> okay, let's Google Patrick Stewart. Antlers. In antlers. <laughs> One million results. <laughs> Whoa. Well, do we have any connections this week? Um, I can't I can't think of anything. Yes. Nah, there's no other. <laughs> Clowns controlling can... your life. <laughs> is the connection. Making you go a little crazy. Yeah, I do like that the solution to conquering fear was bringing in a cyclops eye. Mm-hmm. And just squirting everyone in the two in, in mm-hmm. their little stasis chambers. Mm-hmm. It worked for me. Mm-hmm. Well, any other connections? No. Clowns? Clowns. It's, it, I mean, I it's mean, just it's clowns. It's, clown it's, just clown clowns. it's just clown nightmares. It's the clowns all the way down. <laughs> Toe to tip. Well, clown nurses, join us next week as we watch Star Trek Voyager, season two, episode 24, Two Vix. And Adventure Time, Season 3, Episode 25, Dad's Dungeon, and Episode 26, the Season 3 finale, Incendium. Uh, Remember to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, uh, at Voyager Time, Facebook, Voyager Time. Email us, VoyagerTime at gmail.com, just to reach out to us with questions or whatever you want to say. And then join our Discord. The link to join is in the show notes. We made a cool t-shirt. If you want to be on board for the next one, join the Discord. Yeah, Mm -hmm. t-shirts are a special Discord privilege. (laughs) 
This is true. You get the privilege of spending $25 on a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, we'll just wait for you here. By the mausoleum. With our backs turned. And our defenses lowered. Come along. Oh, there's a huge millipede running away from me. That Uh is like three inches long. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Podcast friend. (laughs) Get him on the mic. Get him on the mic. (laughs) Where are you going, pal? That's a wall. Oh, there he goes. Millipedes have no care for our our mortal walls. Are you going to go and get it, or are you just going to let him run around? No, he's gone now. I lost track of him. Millipedes live without boundaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I aspire to be a millipede living without boundaries. Millipedes without borders. I mean, <laughs> boundaries are important. But not when it comes to millipedes. Mil- right. <laughs> I mean, I mm-hmm. have boundaries when it comes to millipedes. Mostly about having one on your face, right? Mostly I don't want them in my living area. <laughs> this is a basement. We we moved into the millipede world. I, I mm-hmm. live alongside them, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. I don't millipedes have the entire outside to live in. And also part of my inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm just like I have to live inside. I can't live outside. I just can't. But a millipede can live outside. So it should live. Well, outside. sometimes there's there's birds outside. Yeah. They can Scary hide under a rock or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to the Lilja family millipede sanctuary. <laughs> All right. I'm never mm-hmm. going to Andrew's house. What is, what is a house basement. but a big rock? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do a podcast. No more millipeding around. Okay. Sure. <laughs>